listening to the Hometown Losers, the St. Louis Sports Podcast, with Josh, Adam, and OJ. Hey, everybody. Welcome back here to the Hometown Losers Podcast. This is session number 20, the big 2-0, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host here and OJ and Adam. Gentlemen, how are we doing today? I'm doing great. How about you, Adam? I'm doing great, man. Glad to be here uh, for exciting episode number 20. So hard to believe that we've already been through 20 weeks of this already. So time's flying. Yeah. I mean, at least uh, hopefully it's like an ex- exciting eternity or like it doesn't like, oh, my God, this is taking forever kind of thing. But like it's kind of interesting. Like this When's is going to be over. <laughs> right. Exactly. Like cause that's the thing say. about it, OJ, when you and I had our radio show back when we were in college. Um, I, I mean, obviously, we didn't like keep track of our session numbers or anything like that. But I think we only had like. 10 or 12 sessions that we did we did get late into the game and then we kind of left a little bit earlier so to speak um on that stuff but this is the for when it comes to like just the talking sports and stuff like this this is definitely the longest that i've ever stuck with something like this which is really cool yeah. for sure well, it's almost five months damn near so that is a long time to go yeah. for sure i mean for you know definitely. from just uh starting out as you know hey let's give this a shot and see if uh we enjoy it and seems like uh, it's picking up steam so hopefully the listeners are enjoying it as well yeah for yeah. sure and whoever's listening in mexico we really appreciate it i don't know that that one person <laughs> shout that out I to mexico <laughs> the analytics that's consistent <laughs> listening in mexico so whoever you are you are uh thank you very much gracias you know i guess we can say it that way um but yeah so it's uh it's been very fun for sure and you know so the here's to uh the 20th session, here's to the next 20 sessions. Uh, Absolutely. So very exciting about that. But let's go ahead and dive into it, guys, here. Uh, let's talk about some Cardinals, right? Uh, first and foremost, we got to talk about, you know, how they approved. Since the last session, mm-hmm. uh, they were uh, – they, they started out two and four. Uh, they've gone three and three since then. So we have a record here of five, uh, five, five and seven. And they kind of put this in perspective, too. Um, we were one and two against the Brewers. Uh, we were zero and three against Atlanta. Um, we were two and one against Rockies and two and one against Toronto. Right? I think so. Yeah. That right? Does that make sense? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say uh, yeah because the Rockies but, we we uh, we ended up uh, winning that series because we ended up you know besting them over the past two games basically. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I mean so, like. It's kind of what we talked about last session, too. Um, you know, if we got swept by the Brewers, I was definitely going to be really concerned because obviously that's our major rival in the Central. Mm-hmm. We didn't get swept, but there's definitely times that we did not look good. So let me ask you guys, let's just get a general uh, feel for this one. I'll start with you, Adam. You know, mm-hmm. do you believe that they have improved? I think that they have improved. They're getting in, you know, they're getting into their stride. And the fact is, I think that we're going to actually be uh, we're going to continue to improve as well, um, especially as, you know, our clubhouse gets healthier. You know, it looks like uh, Newt should be coming back, pretty, you know, sooner rather than later. I know he completed a work day, workout, um, I think, uh, yesterday. Um, it looks like he's recovering. And then also we may be seeing um, 
you know, Wayno could come back pretty soon as well. So the fact is our health, you know, the, the health of our club is improving as well as, you know, our offense is continuing to uh, really, for the most part, looking really, really good as well. So obviously one of our weaknesses still, um, you know, our pitching hasn't been the greatest, but I think overall we are, you know, we're, we're getting into the stride of things. We look, we basically break up the season into 10 game chunks. Uh, the first 10 were rocky for sure, but we have, you know, the next 10 games to be looking at. And I think that we're, we're going to be on the uptick here. So I know it, the schedule wasn't really necessarily in our favor either at the beginning of the season. So just something to take into yeah. consideration. Is the reason why the first 10 games Rocky is because we played the Rockies? Uh-huh. Uh, well, and, and yeah, I was going to say, and we ended up taking that series too. So, which was nice. So we're uh, going up against the pirates. Um, actually, I think they're still tied, uh, you know, zero, zero right now in the sixth, but, uh, even with the Brewers, you know, we did blank them on the one game. I think it was like game, uh, like game two or that series, I believe. So, which the, obviously, yeah. you know, that's that's a feat to, yeah, six zero. So, you know, Gorman's been looking good. Uh, Walker's been looking good. Um, our whole team, you know, overall in our offense, like I said, it's been looking um, pretty good overall. So, just obviously our pitching needs some improvement still. OJ, what's what's your thoughts? I mean, have they improved since the last session that we talked about? Uh, yeah, I guess I think so a little bit. I mean, they did lose Packy Naughton, which hurts mm. uh, with a forearm. So, you know, that's cryptic. Um, yeah, exactly. Especially for the Cardinals. Like, next thing you know, it's Tommy John surgery. Like, mm-hmm. forearm strain? Oh, you need Tommy John. Like, <laughs> so that kind of sucks. But, um... I don't think they're like, you know, doing things too differently. I think they're mostly just getting better results now. I mean, obviously they still have the same issues they had. They still have like their defense is lacking in my opinion, in the outfield, especially in the corners. And I think it hurts more than we realize. Mm-hmm, uh, for sure. I mean, I think Jordan Walker's got like 0.1 war right now. And that's after being like, 40% better than league average at hitting. So, you know, you're on pace for like two war, I guess, for the season. Probably a little more than that, two point something war, which is like kind of league average war, right? So that just gives right. you a sense of how bad its defense has been so far, is that it's kind of uh, balancing out the benefits of his offense. So, it's and I feel like that's kind of what we talked about last session, too, was specifically around his defense. Obviously, his hitting was there, but it's the defense. He kind of looked very shaky, for sure. Right. So we, it would be very helpful for him to improve. And I agree, like, he just needs reps to improve now. But it would be nice if he could maybe have done some of that at AAA instead of going straight to Exactly. With it. Um, but, yeah, and then I, I do expect the defense to improve because Walker will get better as the year goes on. Uh, and we're, we're bound to get Newt Barr and Carlson back. So, you know, overall, though, I think they're still playing well and they're just getting better results. Uh, and we still have like, you know, pitching could still be better, obviously, but it definitely didn't deserve as bad results as we got during that initial stretch. So I think it's kind of we're coming out of the storm a little bit now. 
Yeah, and I think that, again, a lot of it's coming down to just kind of getting the opening day jitters completely out of the way um, because there is there's definitely talks that like when a season starts and they have high expectations, um, they either come out of the gate soaring or they kind of like muddle around before they start going, OK, cool, we, we know our we know our identity. You know, people are injured. They got healthy again. And like, this is what we're going to be able to do. And they start, you know, hitting that midseason form. Yeah. And I think the Cardinals had it definitely a lot of pressure on them. Um, like, I feel like the players definitely felt some pre- pressure to be successful because like the fan base has been restless because of all this stuff with Bally and, and oh, we didn't sign players. So now maybe they're going out and trying to do a little too much rather than just playing Cardinals baseball. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely believe that, you know, the, this team will be OK. I mean, right now we're fourth in the central and, you know, three games behind the Brewers. I would be way more concerned if we were talking about this and, you know, late July or beginning of August kind of thing. But, you know, we got months and months and months of baseball uh, coming up. And we saw last year, I mean, we were like, what, eight games down to the Brewers very quickly. Mm -hmm. And we ended up beating them by like, what, four or five games. So, you know, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's that's just how baseball works. And obviously it's just, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll get hot and we'll go in through streaks like this. You know, it's just unfortunately, you know, coming out of the gate, we, uh, you know, we look a little rough, but I still have faith that, you know, they'll they'll turn things around and um you know we'll we'll get hot again and obviously you know they're they're start hopefully in the uh, the midst of starting a, a little bit of a, a win streak for once so i'm hoping yeah you yeah. I mean you can't come out of the gates like the rays have i mean jesus christ oh god 13 no and oh. <laughs> oh. yeah that's crazy that's yeah but obviously well, that's not I, sustainable it, either so i also wanted to point out that this is the first this is really the first time in several years where the Cardinals have been hyped for like anything. So <laughs> especially offense. So like there's yeah. definitely pressure on the offense to produce because all offseason people are like, oh my God, this offense is gonna be so good. They were like top five last year. And now they're got mm-hmm. gotten even better. And so like, yeah, guys are probably were getting in their heads a little bit. And I think they were pretty down after the way they performed against Atlanta. And it seemed like they didn't yeah. even think they could win games. So that uh, comeback there in game two against the Rockies, I think was huge. So, yeah. And again, sometimes it just takes that little spark to be able to turn around an entire season. I mean, obviously look at the 2019 Stanley cup blues, you know what I mean? Like it, it takes little tiny bits and especially with baseball, baseball is such a, like a finicky game. You know what I mean? Where the, the, literally we saw it, especially against the, the uh, opening day against um, Toronto, well, these guys are hitting the, the ball. Their their average exit velocity for uh, velocity for the game. I'm pretty sure I've said it, you know, in the se- uh, last session for the session before. The exit velocity was 71.8 miles per hour. That was the average hit. Like really? That is incredibly low, due to like uh, compared to last year's. Yeah, and so it's just, but the balls were going to where we were not. You know what I mean? They were too soft yeah. to be able to like get into the outfield. Um, you know what I mean? But they were, they were too hard to like stay in the infield too. So it was just that perfect, yeah. you know, I, it's, it's what I talk about in softball all the time. I'll take those hits all day long. Get me on base. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'll tell you right it's, now, it's I remember that day vividly. I still bear the scars. So <laughs> you don't need to, you don't need to speak that to me. That, uh, yeah. after so long of waiting for baseball, that's the game you get. Like, <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. And honestly, like if you look at it objectively, it was a really exciting game because it was a high scoring yeah. game. And it kind of it felt like it was going back and forth. It was just the eighth inning. We blew, we, you know, we blew that. And it's like, great. Going into the ninth, you you just felt like that, there was no way we we're going to be able to do anything there. Yeah. It was just a real stinker to lose, too, you know? It felt yeah. like we should have won by, like, three runs instead of we lose. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it is what it is here. Um, you know, we've already kind of talked about it here on our thoughts on the team. Mm-hmm. Um but, like, for me, I, I definitely, you know, to Adam's point, I'm definitely a little concerned about our pitching, specifically with Michaelis, because he hasn't looked a gra- uh, mm-hmm. looked all that great. You know what I mean? He really has not. Um, people seem to be hating him very hard when you take a look at his average uh, exit velocity. Um, and, and to me, I think that just kind of speaks volumes, because he's supposed to be your best pitcher that we have, right? Yeah. So... And the fact you know, that he allowed I, six runs on 10 hits and two walks over yeah. just five innings. That's yeah, that, that was, that was pretty, pretty, pretty rough outing for sure. Yeah. And yeah. I, well, I was going to say for him, uh, you know, the, the positive thing is that, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I mean, some of his, uh, like peripheral stuff is kind of good. Like he's still getting decent strikeout to walk and all that kind of stuff. And it just seems that he might be uh, leaving some pitches out over the plate and maybe he just needs to settle in and get more in the swing of things. And once he mm-hmm. starts locating mm-hmm. things or not making as bad of mistakes, right? Cause that's really what he's getting killed on is like the mistake pitches. Yep. So as he settles yeah, sure. in and cuts down on those, we'll start seeing better results. Cause outside of those mistake pitches, he seems like he should be doing okay. But. Yeah, I mean, like, obviously, he's not going to be a swing, a swing and miss guy. He's not, like, uh, what we would consider a bona fide ace. I definitely think right. he's, like, a perfect Cardinals ace because, obviously, he can get a lot of ground balls, <laughs> let our defense do the work. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Um, but the problem is, that he, you know, the fact is, like, kind of what OJ was saying, is the fact that he's not – his accuracy is slipping for sure. And I mean, I'm looking, yeah. And then I'm looking at on Tuesday versus, you know, whenever he pitched, he threw 59 of his 89 pitches for strikes. And of those, he's surrendered three home runs and all of those went over 420 feet. I mean, obviously they're, you know, Colorado, but still, you know, that's compared to like looking at last year's, you know, numbers, he's, he's not consistent at all. So. Yeah. And some of that too is, uh, it's very interesting because like there are times where he paints the black mm-hmm. and, you know, and it's like, oh, OK, cool. Michael is like he's got that control. And then, as you said, OJ, it's the mistake pitches that all of a sudden mm-hmm. a ball is and it and it's it's slight. We're talking about ma- an inch, maybe an inch and a half where it's just a little bit over the heart of the plate. But it's that much more where they can extend the barrel instead of a ground ball to get good, you know, good wood on the ball. <laughs> And be able to drive it, you know, so that's mm-hmm. the big difference, I think, between that. Right. Yeah. That's what, that's yeah, that's what I'm getting at, like hanging a curveball, stuff like that. Yeah. And that was the other thing, too, OJ, I was going to ask you uh, more specifically around it. You know, d- does his spin rate seem to be a lot less compared to last year? Because when I'm and it just could be like me, like being hyper focused on it and seeing it like on TV and stuff like that. And now that I'm watching the, the, the crap in 4K, but it, it, to me, the ball seems to just hang a lot more. Like when he's throwing that curveball, 
um, it just seems to like hang a lot more. It's not dropping out. It doesn't seem to have the spin rate on it. Uh, honestly, I haven't seen his spin rate numbers for the season, so I couldn't. Yeah, I haven't him. seen them either. Yeah, <laughs> I was just going off the eye. So that's why I kind of wanted to confer to you a little bit, too. Is like, well, if you're kind of noticing that, too, then cool. Maybe, you know, next session we oh, can take a look at that a, kind of thing. Uh, you're noticing a pitch shape difference, you're saying? Yeah, like, to me, it, again, the it, like, his curveball isn't, like, bottom, like, isn't dropping out as much. And it just seems to be, like, looping in. It's, like, rainbowing in. Yeah. In, a, in a very predictable way. You know what I mean? I think, I'd, I think, have again, to, that, I think I'd have to see him, like, back-to-back or something to really make a judgment on that. Right. Yeah. So that was my thing about it too, is like, you know, is he, did he change anything on the off season for grip and stuff like that on the bottom? No. I would imagine he didn't. Yeah. I didn't read anything about that. So <laughs> I didn't read anything knowledge. about it either, but it was just something that I was more curious about. You know what I mean? Because again, I just, when I'm watching that, it just didn't seem to have the move. His fastball seemed to be very straight line too. And it always had like a little bit of a tail too, but you yeah. know, again, it's early. Um, he's only had a three starts, right? Um, so it, it's going to be, hopefully he can get past them and progress to get better, especially with the rest of the pitching staff. Cause Lord knows we're going to need that, especially down the, down the stretch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about some positive here. Um, Jordan freaking Walker, where the hell has this been, you know, from our lineup, obviously it was, you know, in double <laughs> a last year, but mm-hmm. he is on a 12 game hitting streak. For anybody that does not know, that ties the record for um, the longest uh, hitting streak to start a career by a player 20 and younger. And it ties the mark said 1912 by Eddie Murphy. I didn't know Eddie Murphy was that old, (laughs) but Eddie Murphy before his acting career, he was actually playing baseball. So. Yeah, exactly. He was back there with Ty yeah. Cobb and all, he, all the guys. He did the reverse Michael Jordan. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm hoping that he can actually break that record then tonight. Um, so I know it's getting late into the uh, the game right now. It's in the seventh. So hopefully uh, he gets the chance to keep it alive. And uh, then he can start chasing the, you know, the next record after that, which, you know, um, that might be, uh, you know, as far as hits, for uh, a rookie in general, you know, uh, starting a, yeah. starting a season. So, I, was say, I, mean, I think it's like 16 record, or 17. The, yeah, the overall record uh, has actually been uh, done twice. It was originally set by Chuck uh, Alano mm-hmm. um, in 41. It was matched in 16 by David Dahl uh, with 17 games. 17. Um, so he's got a little, yeah, he's got a little bit more to go. But obviously the way he's been hitting, um, you know, he definitely looks like he's got a chance to be able to take, a, you know, to be able to hit that. You know, OJ, I'll start with you here. Do you think that, you know, he's got a, a chance here to be able to get to 18 and break that record? I mean, why not? I mean, look, it's not like uh, if you look at the list of guys that have like the longest hitting streaks to start their careers, a lot of them aren't like super good players. So it definitely seems more mm-hmm. like it's a luck thing than anything else. So, uh, yes, he does have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I definitely agree with you. And I definitely think that he's got a chance to be able to break it for, you know, 20 and under, so to speak, especially because we're going up against the Pirates. You know what I mean? The Pirates definitely don't have great pitching um, and definitely don't have great defense either, uh, just by the metrics and stuff like that. So if you progress it, you know, say, okay, we got three game series against the Buccos. If we if he gets a hit in all three of those games, all of a sudden this 12 turns into 15 and it's like, oh, okay, well, he's on the doorstep. You know what I mean? 
Yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I mean, definitely he could. And I think it's uh, four games against the Pirates, right? But Well, is it a four-game series? I believe so. It is. Yep. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it goes through Sunday. So, even better. Yeah, exactly. Even better. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, he could be at 16. Yeah, we'll see. He's already had two uh, so far into this game. Uh, like I said, we're in the seventh. He's had two plate appearance uh, appearances and uh, unfortunately struck out. So uh, once, but anyway, yeah, we're already so in no the hits. Seven? We're already in the seventh, and the Pirates are up one to nothing. Yep, of course yeah. they are. Jeez, but He's it looks like a... Walker is going to be coming up due hopefully in the next. You know, whenever we hit the bottom of the seventh here, so I'll keep you posted if anything occurs. Absolutely. So, Adam, I'll ask you this one, too. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that this hitting streak and all, like, when everyone's talking to him, oh, you know, you can make history tonight and stuff like that, for a young rookie, do you think that kind of is maybe getting him a little bit more nervous when it comes to the plate? I mean, he seems certainly to can be, be. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, certainly I think can be, especially cool. whenever, you know, you feel like, okay, Every, all the eyes are on him because obviously a lot of people are tuning in, you know, just to obviously, you know, they're trying to see if history be made and there's, you know, he's, he's in the headlines and whatnot. So I'm sure it's putting some pr- amount of pressure on him, um, you know, t- to uh, secure that or whatever, but hopefully he's just having fun with it. You know, it is what it is more like to, mm-hmm. to OJ's point. It's not like it's one of those stats that, you know, are going <laughs> to prove you out as far as if you're a phenomenal player or not, you know, it, at the end of his career per se, but it is fun to watch for sure, especially whenever, you know, you're starting out your career and, you know, you're already coming out here and, you know, with a, with breaking rec- hundred year records potentially. So it's cool. Definitely uh, excited to see his future, but it's one of those things that, you know, um, while it is exciting, it's not like I'm hung up on it, you know, it's, yeah. It's, you know, it's more, hey, let's have fun with it and see if you get it. And, if you know, if you can break the record or not. But if not, hey, you know, you had one hell of a good run of, of hitting 12, and which is a 100-year record. So good for you, man. Yeah. It's definitely a cool record to have. So. For sure. For sure. Especially if you can get, like, the hit tonight, right, to separate yourself out as yeah. well. Just yeah, that, just, sure. it would be nice to see yours, especially it being so young and starting your career, to mm-hmm. have some list where you're on top of that list. You know what yeah, I mean? And sure. again, to your it point, OJ, obviously those players weren't the greatest. You know what I mean? But it is, yeah, just as you said, Adam, it's a confidence boost to that, right? It's like, you know yeah. what? I do deserve to be up here. I know there's lots of talks about me going to AAA, and yeah. maybe there's things I need to work at, but at so. least I know I'm hitting exactly. Yeah. 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 And I, I'm not saying that all of them are like bad players. I'm just saying it's not like a bunch of Hall of Famers on there or anything. You know what I no, mean? No, for like, sure. And that's what I. That's what I <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, we found out the exception because yeah. of this whole thing. We found out that Eddie Murphy was apparently a baseball player 100 years ago or 100 plus years ago. So, so anyway, and which by the, by the way, so <laughs> they talked about that on the MLB Network, and so I, I don't know if it was fake or not, but essentially, it was uh, the two hosts were like. And so he's actually tied uh, the the uh, the record that was set by this guy and showed a picture of the background with Eddie Murphy. Uh-huh. And they're like, uh, so they were laughing about it. And they're just like, yeah, let's, uh, they're just like, oh, you know, that's pretty funny. I didn't know he played baseball, blah, blah, blah. And then well, the other host is like, oh yeah, I mean, he, I've known him for a while. He loves play baseball and stuff like, and stuff like that. He's like, well, let me call him real quick. Hold on, let's get him on the line. Get, <laughs> let's get him on the line. So he made this whole thing about calling him. And then you hear, and I'm, I'm hoping, I, I would love to believe that it's truly Eddie Murphy. 
But he goes, so Eddie, you know, it sounds like this uh, this rookie Jordan Walker's tied your record. And then the voice on the phone in a very, if it is an imitation, was very good of, of Eddie Murphy goes, that's the wrong Eddie Murphy. Click. <laughs> it was pretty funny, like <laughs> the way they funny. did it. But it yeah, <laughs> so at least they're having fun with it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Let me ask you guys, actually, too, while we're on the to- topic of like hitting streaks, because I just thought about this. Do you think anybody will ever catch up to Joe DiMaggio? Probably like not. In, what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah, the 56 game. Yeah. 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 I don't think so. I, yeah, I think it's truth from me deep down. I really believe it's one of those untouchable, uh, you know, records, just like. Gretzky's overall point record in NHL. I, unless we see somebody that comes in, literally just treats it like can play the game, like oh he's playing you know NHL 23, you know what I mean? Like he's like out there just playing a video game. I don't see that ever getting touched on because again, for you know it, this is kind of common knowledge, but it's kind of crazy. But he has more assists than the per, the second person on the list has points. <laughs> Which you know, yeah. Yeah. And assists. So it, it's definitely just, it's one of nuts. those unbreakable records, you know, that we see on, you know, like most career hits or most home runs, mm-hmm. in a, you know, in a career, you know, those things are going to be probably not, we're not going to see those ever again, more than likely. I think the so. game has just evolved too much. You it know has. I mean? Yeah, for sure. People, the pitchers are way, way more efficient. They're mm-hmm. way more, they're way more masters of their craft. And not to mention too, but fielders are themselves, are way more athletic. We see players doing just crazy things and diving and it, they make it look normal and easy and it's yeah. anything but, but that's just because that's what they've been doing for their entire lives. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, we see a lot of those old records and things, you know, that occurred back in the day, but you know, I think that like you said, Josh, a lot of that has to do with the, with the way that, you know, the pitching and things have improved significantly over the, over the, over time as well. You know, mm-hmm. back when we had, you know, um, players that were, you know, kind of stocky like Babe Ruth that could hit these kind of ridiculous records and whatnot. But yet, you know, nowadays, if, you know, he were to come up or say, would he, you know, be, uh, I'm not just trying to, to disgrace his name, but would he actually be of equivalent of, you know, I don't think that he could probably compete in today's major league baseball because, you know, just of his build whatnot as well. I think that he would be phenomenal at DHing, but I definitely think him in right field, which was his yeah. primary position, he would definitely be <laughs> minus of the defensive the defensive for uh, sure. metrics for sure. For sure. He'd have yeah, probably well. be in way better shape if he played in this day and age though too. Yeah, yeah. for sure. <laughs> Wasn't drinking a beer and eating a hot dog before every game. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Uh, but but things have obviously changed, you know what I mean? But no one can yeah. deny his hitting approach, too. For you know sure. what I mean? Like, the, the way that he was able just to – he had an eagle eye up there. And a lot of people don't uh, really give him the credit, but he he drew quite a few walks, too, and had a relatively low strikeout rate because he was just able to see the ball really well, too. And that's obviously, you know, goes into, you know, the hitting ball quite a For bit. Sure. Yeah. So uh, let's move on to the next topic here for uh, Cardinals here, and that's about pitching help here. I'm just going to ask some, you know, more general question here. But, you know, uh, OJ, we'll start with you here. I'm going to ask you two questions and we'll go to you, Adam, for your opinions on this. But, you know, A, is it time to call somebody up maybe to, like, help this struggling rotation? Or is this the right time for the Cardinals to even pursue a trade? You know, what what are your thoughts? Is it too early or what's your thoughts on that, OJ? It's probably too early to 
solidified trade just because most mm-hmm. teams aren't sure what they've got yet. So they're going to exactly want a lot of things to play out. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd say we're getting to the point where you might call somebody up. It kind of depends how Woodford is the next time through. Although you got Wayne Wright coming back soon, mm-hmm. but certainly uh, Liberator, the way he's performing in AAA, uh, he's making a real strong case to have him up here in the rotation. So it's not funny though, come too, to pass. right? They were talking about how Woodford had such a good spring training, but ever since the season actually started, he's been pretty dismal. And here comes. Libertor, who had a, let's just say, okay or maybe slightly below average on the spring training. But now that the season's actually started, he's tearing it over. He's tearing it up. So yeah, it's just interesting how fortunes change like that. Yeah. I mean, uh, part of what's behind it is uh, Libertor got a couple miles per hour faster on his four-seamer. Well, both of his fastballs, I guess, actually. Um so like they both play way better now and they have less I know the four seamer has less uh horizontal drop. So which is good for a fastball. For a fastball, the less yeah, sure. it breaks downwards, the more it kind of like appears to rise in the batter's eye. And so you get a lot of that's how you get a lot of people to swing under stuff. So it his fastball is a lot more effective. And he's got like really good numbers to go along with his good ERA and FIP and stuff. Like his ERA is like one something, and then one one eight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So you have the pitcher in it down in AAA, <laughs> and his FIP and xFIP are also like in the low twos. So by any measure, exactly. he's pitching incredibly well. So. Definitely, he's going to earn a shot at some point, and it may be whether Wainwright has to come back first and prove that he's ineffective or wait for another injury or what. He will get a shot this season, and hopefully he takes advantage of it. For sure. And speaking to to you're talking about the four seam and it, like it's not dropping, it's just straight down. It's about that predictability. Right. So that was one thing when I was pitching. It's not like I pitched at a very high level or anything like that, but I understood, obviously, you know how to pitch. but. When I threw my four seam, I always gripped a little bit stronger on my, you know, my left end on my, my, on my right hand, but my index fingers to the left side of the, of the ball. And the reason for that was that when I threw it, it would dip down slightly and almost kind of like slide out. Like it was kind of like a really like weak slider, so to speak, but it would dip down and kind of go away from the batter on the right hand or it'd run inside. But it's not that predictability of just the, you know, the straight path that could just drops down a little bit. I mean, you can do that with a, a two seam fastball as well, um, but it's a little bit more risky because with a two seam fastball, obviously, you're just trying to typically try to throw it as hard as you can. There's not as much movement onto it. And if you put more pressure, the ball will fly out of your hand and it will go, you know, it's not as like minute of a movement and stuff like that. But I think that that is something that, again, we actually just talked about that, at least me specifically with Michaelis, that. You know, the predictability, I think, is necessarily there or that is there right now. And he's not getting that unpredictability with his pitches and stuff like that. But, yeah, I mean, that's a it's a very good point. You know, OJ, that, you know, it could be that when Wainwright comes back, he's going to have to prove himself. Right. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's it's going to be interesting to see what Wayno can do. But, Adam, let's go to you yeah. here. I'm going to ask you the same questions here. You know, yep. is it time to call somebody up or should the Cardinals be looking for a trade? I mean, is it the right time to do that? I definitely think what we should be looking uh, is calling somebody up. 
um, not necessarily for trades. We have, uh, for example, Gordon Grisifo, who is in AAA right now. Um, I think one of our prospects that we picked up a couple years back in the draft, and he actually just had an outing um, earlier this week, and he actually put up some decent numbers. I mean, looking overall, um, it looks like he struck out six while allowing no hits and four run uh, four innings uh, of work overall. Um, and looking at, you know, overall from what the prospect ratings on major league baseball is saying as well, they're ranking him fourth, you know, for all players, you know, the Cardinals or, or and with a potential ETA of coming up this year. So, um, he's 23, um, six, four, 210 and bats, or I'm sorry, so throws right, uh, right-hander. Um, I think that, you know, maybe there's some potential prospects that we can, you know, think about bringing up in addition to uh, seeing if, you know, Wayno has a good, uh, you know, good comeback or not, but I don't think that sure. in the, the ballpark year for any trades yet. I think it's too early for that. I don't think there's really going to be to trade partners. They're too serious about it, honestly. Yeah. And to OJ's point, I think it's, again, it's teams don't know what they have. So all this talk about trading O'Neill to a team for starting pitching, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't that see that if it does happen, I think it's closer to the trade deadline. I, think I mean, that, by like, if it'll be like a, a couple weeks before the trade deadline. And I think a lot of that was just due to the drama and whatnot that came up as I, well. Yeah. So I think a lot of that's been kind of run under the bridge too. So. Sure. Yeah. OJ, go ahead. Part of the reason for that uh, is because it, you know, like Adam was saying, we got plenty of minor leaders. Like the only pitcher we would even want to make a trade for right now would be like an ace, you know, your top of the rotation, ace, ace guy, which is what we're lacking, really. Mm-hmm. You can definitely get, you can have your pick of like okay, mediocre pitchers from our, uh, from our minors and what we've got on the big league staff right now, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. But we need like a Sandy Alcantara. So that's the kind of trade. I'd, I mean, I don't think the Marlins are going to trade him, but the Marlins outfield situation is just terrible. Like it's it's uh, alarming, I think you'd say. Uh, so they definitely need outfield help. So how what would which and they have a lot of pitchers that are good pitchers. So like what can you get for Tyler O'Neill? Who knows? Especially if he has a good. Uh, like half a season or something, right? But uh, yeah, for sure. But again, I I I definitely agree with both of you guys that it's probably a little too early to be, mm-hmm. you know, looking at the trade. I mean, hell, we've only played. This is our 13th yeah, game. Yeah, don't right? sound the alarm yeah. yet. Yeah. Yeah. So while it is concerning for Burleson, yeah, I mean, I think that's the reason yeah. Burleson plays so much is because they're trying to get his value up there. Yeah, so yeah they're they trying to show him off. Away. Yeah. 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 Yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I definitely believe. Yeah, I definitely believe that Burleson was like trade bait, so to speak, at the beginning of the season because really, like Burleson's like skill set is already like we already have that skill set. You know what I mean yeah. about players that are coming up, and you know, to me, he was like a guy that was going to be like the fifth rotation in in the outfield and maybe get some yeah. DH role every once in a while, but you know, but now you got is right now. terrorizing everybody. So. <laughs> no kidding. Where the hell did that come from? <laughs> I told you guys in the spring. I told you. He was looking yes, at you did. 
Well, it's going to be interesting to see. Obviously, we'll uh, see how the season continues to progress here for the Cardinals. Um, we'll go from that. So let's uh, skip on over um, to a different team here. Let's talk about some Battlehawks. Kakao. 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 Kakao is was the law. Eight. And we had oh, a hell of a win. Wow. God, what a, that was what a comeback, man. Nuts. With your the first OT. <laughs> yeah, with your backup, which who, oh, by the way, dude. is Oh, dude. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, he was out. And then we also had one of our, uh, I, I forgot who it was, but on our D-line that was also out, I think, as well. Oh, no, we had five defensive players. Did we have five? Holy okay. shit. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that, that it was looking really, really, really rough for sure. Yeah, because you and I were sitting there going, how the hell? Because obviously, you know, you and I have season tickets. We're like, yeah. our defense is normally much better than this. What the hell is going on? Well, it turned out that, that we were missing five of our starting mm-hmm. defensemen. Um, and two of our um, two of those were linebackers. So it's like, OK, well, no wonder they're able to just run the ball straight up the middle every single time. Yeah. And yeah. I do believe that's something that the XFL needs to work on is injury reports because obviously we did not. Yeah, we know didn't. No one knew about at it. All that, we just. Yeah, we didn't even know that AJ McCarron, the starting quarterback, yeah, and like we just one didn't of the see him out there the practicing. Yeah, we're like, where the hell is yeah. he? Yeah, and there were some guys behind us. Literally, the game started, and they're like, they're they're shouting for McCarron, and we're like, he's Damn out. Damn it, McCarron! Like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm like, <laughs> he's not playing. I was like, do you you don't, you don't see? You don't see yeah. him out. They're, just, they're like, who the hell is this guy? They're like, it's Nick Tiano. Yeah, Tiano. It's like Tiano with a T. So Tiano. And he's like, oh, he's from Chattanooga. Oh my God. It was funny. But yeah. So the fact that, and we actually, I'm going to go ahead and just credit the fact that we ended up saying, you know what, we're going to just get out of here while we're down. And we ended up going to Hot Shots. Because we ended up tying the game and we ended up watching it at Hot Shots, uh, the comeback, the first actual ever XFL overtime yeah. ever. Yeah. And so that was and that was actually kind of a cool now that we actually got to see it, you know, obviously I've read about it on paper, so to speak. But to actually see it play out, I thought, you know, the overtime was kind of cool, you know, how it all worked That's out. Sure. I- I definitely like that. It was a little confusing that it's like, oh, it's two point conversions rather than like touchdowns mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, it makes more sense. Just it's kind of like a like crossover that. of shootouts and hockey meets, you know, football, so to speak. You know, it's like yeah, in, in a sense, yeah. And I did read into why they decided. So like, instead of it counting as a touchdown, they count it as two point conversions. There's two reasons for it. One, so that way it's consistently on the five yard line because they're used mm-hmm. to that, obviously, with the two point conversions. And also, sense. so it, it's not like if a game goes to OT, you uh-huh. just like throw your hands up on the under over because there's so much betting that goes into football. Yeah, especially XFL and NFL. So that's the reason why they said that the, uh, the XFL does it the way they do. So that way, like the, the point spread and mm-hmm. like the under over and stuff like that is not as affected as much because that in college sports, I can tell you, does happen a lot. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, yeah, there was a game that's. It wasn't this it wasn't this past season, but the season before it was the Tar Heels. And I want to say it was Syracuse and they went to OT and it was like, I'm not joking. There's like nine OTs and like they scored seven touchdowns out of that. And it's like, yeah. So like, you know, and the game going into that was 14 to 14. And all of a sudden here, you know, now the score looks like it was just a boat race. And even though it really wasn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 But But I definitely think it's going to be exciting. 
So yeah, for sure. And they're welcome for for us walking out and winning. Because once I pulled it up on my phone, really re- as we got the car, I'm like, holy crap, I just <laughs> yeah. tied this game up. And I'm like, no way. <laughs> well, so you're I'm literally tied, watching tied the up, game in the parking down. garage. Like this is yeah, nice. as we're leaving. Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. crazy. Well, at least, we, at least like, we beat the traffic, so that's one way to do yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, damn it, why why didn't we stay? And, and and but you reminded me, if we would have stayed, we would have lost. So yeah, if we would have stayed, we would have lost. Yep. Sports but I'm definitely looking man. forward. Yep, I was gonna say, but I'm definitely looking forward to because with us winning and then DC winning over Seattle last week, uh, that puts us a game. Playoffs. Yeah, it gives us a, yep. definitely a, a step closer to the playoffs for sure. Um, and of course, here comes a really big game for us because we're going to be actually playing this Seattle Sea Dragons this Sunday uh, in St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And um, so that'll be a big, big game for us. So, and it, lo- it looks for like sure. we'll hopefully have McCarron back as well. Um, it does sound like he will be back. Um, and actually, so... Uh, there is some interesting news, too. So since Tiana went out, we actually signed Vinny Testaverde's son. Oh, yeah, so I heard Testa that today. Jr. Yeah, he's uh, going to be the backup going into the game. So it it sounds like AJ McCarron is good to go. However, there is still we, – we haven't got it confirmed one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, apparently the but, guy that we signed, his uh, – if you didn't know, his dad actually played a lot of football back in the day. Yeah, Vinny Testaverde for the Jets. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. Big yep. name. Yep. So yep. – yeah, like I, I've known, like I've known of the name uh, Vinny Testaverde for a very mm-hmm. long time. But yeah, he was a pretty, he wasn't like a Hall of Fame quarterback, but he was a pretty good quarterback. He was, was honestly, overall his stats. Yeah, they actually were pretty good. He didn't really, like you said, win a lot of awards per se, but he, he was a pretty solid though. To me, he was kind of like a Ben Roethlisberger. And yes, Ben Roethlisberger will get into, you know, Canton into the Hall of Fame. But Ben Roethlisberger, the only reason why is because he won two Super Bowls. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like in, in that, to me, that's the only reason why I think he's going to get in. And it was a bigger name uh, at the time. But Vinny Testaverde had very like similar stat line. He did, and also he didn't play as long as Ben, uh, Big Ben. But that's you know neither yeah. here or there. So, yeah. So anyway, but looking, yeah, looking at the preview here, I'm just going to run some stats by you guys and, and kind of mm-hmm. get your feelings on this. So I wanted to kind of try to compare the teams because it's really hard to do that, you know, with the stats being the way they are. But anyways. So the Battlehawks are currently the number four passing team uh, or fourth passing team uh, in the XFL. When you look at overall stats, we got 1,681 yards, 19 touchdowns, six interceptions. The Sea Dragons on that list ranked number thir- uh, three, 1,728 yards, so more yards there, 15 touchdowns, so less uh, touchdowns. And the reason why they're ranked so low is that they have, have 10 interceptions. So Ben DeLuca has thrown 15 touchdowns and 10 interceptions, which is not great. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are the number uh, five rushing team in the XFL, 698 yards, three touchdowns, which I thought we had more, but only three rushing touchdowns. But we do have 4.2 yards per carry. The Sea Dragons are the number three. Uh, they have 712 yards uh, rushing, six touchdowns, 4.4 on yards per carry. So they, you know, they, they beat us in a lot of those categories. Uh, when you take a look here on the defensive side of things, this is where we get to be. We're just better than the Sea Dragons. We're ranked the number fourth defense. We have 13 sacks, 41 tackles for losses, eight forced fumbles, 10 fumble recoveries, and then seven total takeaways. That's including, uh, or not to, um, um, total takeaways, excuse me, that's interceptions specifically. Uh, see, uh, the Sea Dragons uh, are the sixth ranked defense, 16 sacks. So they have three more than us, 
but they're 37 tackles for loss. They have eight forced fumbles as well, but they've only recovered four where we have two over our force uh, force fumble recovery and they only have three uh, interceptions as well. So I, I think that the game really is going to come down to, can our defense stop their offense and yeah. you know, can our offense be close. beat up defense? Yeah. Well, if you remember week two, uh, when we played against and we ended up, uh, you know, beating them out, but it was a really, really, really close one. And it, it was a comeback one again. We actually ended up, there was a big comeback. We thought, okay, this one's, you know, done and over with, but it was another comeback for the Battlehawks. Yeah. Last second field goal. Yeah. It's so to speak. Yeah. We're the comeback kids. So, so I think we're, I think, so my money's going to be on the Battlehawks, but I think it's going to be a very close one going all the way to the end, you know? Yeah, so I think this game will definitely come down to, uh, you know, probably be decided by a field goal. It's going to be a really close one for sure. So I'm excited for it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, if, I mean, I don't know if it'll come down to a field goal per se, but, you know, we'll, obviously we don't even know. I mean, the XFL is so crazy when it comes to like spo- uh, points and stuff like that. It's going to be interesting for sure to see how. I still we, think it's going to be a know, really close game. For sure. Well, I think so as well. But, you know, we might be able to pull away at the end. Who knows? You know, that's the biggest thing about it. Well, we I guess just we'll find out Sunday, right? Right. OJ, it, what, what, what's your thoughts on the game here coming up? Obviously, I know that you're probably excited uh, for it because obviously, you know, it, there's a lot that rise on this game. Do, do the, sea, uh, the Sea Dragons, do they, do they scare you at all? Like, what's your thought process here coming into this game? No, I mean... We've beaten them twice now, I believe. So, no, once. not really. As I thought, we played them twice. I think just once. Twice. No. Okay. Yeah, this will be our second just second weekend. time against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Sorry then. So, uh, good. yeah. No, I'm not really that uh, scared of them because we beat them before. As long as we got McCarron, I mean, if we have to play Testaverde's kid, I'm not sure how I like those odds. Of course. Right, I'm with you there. Maybe he could just become a legend. So. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, and the also, I'm, goes I'm, the you know, concerned. Yeah. yeah, and I'm also concerned about you know our our defensive line as well. Hopefully that they're healthy and make a, a return as well for most of those guys make a return because obviously that's going to be pivotal for us to try to keep that score down. So I think that's going to exactly. be very important for us. Well, <laughs> it is important that McCarron's back. I think that it's going to be even more important for our D line to to show up. Because that's usually, I'll be honest with you, what usually bails us out more more times than often, you know, in these games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when when McCarron's not being able to get the ball, mm-hmm. you know, to the receivers, or there's drops and stuff like that, you know, looking at you, Bucker, or, uh, Butler. Um, I almost said Bucker. I'm so used to yelling at <laughs> Bucker for missing field goals. Yeah, <laughs> been there, done that. Yeah. Bucker, hey, were you? That's yeah. So funny. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, anyway, so, uh, OJ, because we know you don't watch uh, the NFL, but Bucker is the kicker for Kansas City Chiefs. And so he, he didn't have a very good season this year, and he, he missed yeah. quite a few, like, easier I, field goals. But yeah. I got that uh, through context clues. Yeah, right. <laughs> but he did win it. But he did win us the Super Bowl. He did win us the Super Bowl. He did. You're technically you're right. He, def- second. he definitely yeah. he definitely won it. So, yeah. But anyways, um, you know, I think that, uh, you know, the defense has definitely bailed us out on that. Um, and I, I think that was one of the things that we were definitely missing last week. But honestly, like now knowing what we know, I think the defense has actually played very admirably when you're missing half of your starting, you know, your starting team essentially on defense. You know what I mean? Um, I think that really 
you know, gives them quite a bit of a boost going into, you know, okay, everybody can do these roles. And now the people that get more like rotational or limited snaps and stuff like that are going to be having way more confidence in there because they just did it for an entire game. So. Right. Definitely excited about that. Um, if we look at the playoff scenario here, so um, it's pretty simple, guys, honestly. So there are, um, you know, several tiebreakers for the XFL. The first tiebreaker is head-to-head matchup, right? Now, um, so essentially here, if we win, there's no way at all Seattle can even catch up to us because we would have the tiebreaker over them as well. Um, and we would be two games above them with one game remaining. So essentially, we win here week nine against Seattle. We're in the playoffs. If we lose to Seattle, then we need we must win against Orlando. We would end up tied with Seattle. However, we would both have a one and one um, you know, record against uh, against ourselves. But they do have the point differential in divisional play. That is the second tiebreaker. And we are much higher than they are in that list. So I feel very comfortable on that. So essentially. When, you know, obviously you want to you want to win out because you do legitimately have a chance of catching up to D.C. for the number one overall seed and having a home game uh, for the playoffs. And could you imagine a home playoff game? That in would be St. nuts. Louis? That would be nuts. Yeah, yeah. The, odds, crazy. the odds of that right. happening are six and a half quarter percent right now as far as if we go two and oh and D.C. goes oh and two and where we'd be hosting D.C. But, man, that would be epic. The most likely situations where we're going to be, you know, in second place alone, where we beat out Seattle or even if Seattle beats or Seattle loses to Vegas uh, in week 10, we would, you know, automatically assume the second place. Correct. So at this point, the only way that we can really lose and not get into the playoffs is if we lose out to Seattle and to Orlando, which Orlando is one of the worst teams in the league. And um, so if that happens, we go into and Seattle beats us because obviously we were, you know, that would have to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they beat Vegas. That's the only way that they would get in uh, to the playoffs. Now, I mean, theoretically, theoretically, they could, uh, you know, curb stomp us by 50 points and all of a sudden catch up to us in the divisional point differential and stuff like that. That is still technically on the table, but it doesn't look very likely in that aspect yeah. of things, you know. But essentially, with the battle, yeah, exactly. You know, win and you're in. And I definitely think that we're poised to be able to go in there and win. It's a home game. Absolutely. Um, so again, I'm, I'm hoping we get real loud. Um, it would be really nice <clears throat> if we could somehow catch up to DC because I'm telling you, we would get over the forty thousand plateau in a heartbeat for sure. <laughs> I mean, and speaking of which. I mean, not to dive into that topic too much, but we've been seeing overall the numbers, you know, stay relatively consistent for our attendance as well. I think the, you know, uh, week four when we were, you know, it's our hope opener it was around thirty eight thousand five hundred, you know, give or take. And then I think the last, you know, couple of weeks um, it's, has been around like thirty five, thirty six ish, you know. Um, yeah, so they've still- been thirty five plus thirty five thousand plus for every game so far. So it's been, it's been a good show, showing. Too, because we, we talked about that going into the game last week that it was on Easter weekend. So yeah. I, I felt that I was there wasn't going to be as many people there. And, it was and they still had folks up in the 400s. They were still selling yeah, in the like, 400s. So, yeah, I, I was really impressed. But we're not a football town at all. We're not a football <laughs> town at all. I hope you're listening, Cronky. Get off my channel. 
He's a little bitch. <laughs> Pretty much. Say, is, is he, he the oh, dude? So, OJ. OJ, hold up real quick. Sorry, Adam. You would have loved this. There was a dude, and they showed on yes. the Jumbotron, that, that dressed up as Stan Kroenke, and everyone just starts booing him. Booing and him somebody crazy. behind him was throwing popcorn at him the entire time. <laughs> it was freaking hilarious. Like, and obviously, you, you're not going to pour beer on the guy or anything like that, because he's obviously doing that to, you know, yeah, to get people yeah. to boo at him. But it was funny to see people, like, throwing, you know, just, like, popcorn and food at him. And he just stand there like he didn't care. It was hilarious. Yeah, he's, like, holding oh, his arms with his gla- sunglasses on. Yeah, I wanted to bring that, that was, up because I thought that was great that, that you know, they're still have, we're all having fun with, fun with it as well. And obviously, you know, they recognize that. And uh, it was good times. In fact, I literally found the dude on uh, on Reddit. So I'll have to share at least maybe uh, with the listeners oh. as well, this guy. So apparently he was going around and signing because he was over in like uh, he was on like a 50 yard line on to uh, our right. I don't know. What that would be, But apparently he was signing people's shirts that said uh, and he was doing it as like Stan Kroenke. But he was signing the shirts that say uh, Stan Kroenke sucks cacao. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's awesome. Like good for this guy. Like I was like it was it's just so damn funny. Yep. But, yeah. And uh so i mean hopefully uh hopefully he doesn't come back but he does come back i don't know like I, it's one of those things hey like, do you if it's like the ra- if it's the rally thing you know yeah. get us all at least for for at least we're having fun with it you know where we can uh you know all get behind hating on the cronky which every single time you know there's usually a cronky sucks chant that breaks out so dude like so much and like yeah. i always try to do parodies for Cronky sucks as you know and they never catch on but whatever one of these days i, I tell you if this dude is a season ticket holder he needs to get somebody that's gonna role play as roger goodell next to him because that would be <laughs> fucking hilarious <laughs> like because both of those yeah. guys oh man if somebody dressed up as kevin demoff just going down on Cronky the whole time right yeah pretty much like not really family fun but that would be pretty damn funny <laughs> That would be hilarious. Like, he just, it, like it, it, the thing is, you don't even have to show him like sh- actually doing anything. He's just like has knee pads and like lipstick on. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got oh, running yeah. mascara. Bleeding <laughs> <laughs> mascara. Dude. But at, oh, at that God. point, like, do you recognize him as Kevin Demoff? You need like a shirt that says oh, I'm no, Kevin that, Demoff. That's, that's the only. <laughs> that's the only way I would recognize him as Kevin Demoff. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Oh, shit. Uh, anyways, all right, let's let's move off of that here, guys. Um, let's get to the other new team in uh in St. Louis and talk a little bit about STLSC. Um, I want to talk here about the the Cincinnati preview game because that is a big game coming up. Mm-hmm. Cincinnati is five two and zero, oh, but that means is they're five wins, two ties, zero losses, so they have seventeen points. Which were obviously five zero and two with the two losses, fifteen points. Um, and Cincinnati right now is the number one team out in the East, um, where we are the number two team in the West uh, behind Seattle. Here, I'm just going to throw some numbers real quick for you guys, and then we'll talk about this game specifically. But uh, St. Louis here, uh, we are tied for second uh, in the league with fifteen goals. Um, we are tied for thirteenth with eight goals against us. We're number four in that goal differential department with seven. Um, we are though out of 27 teams that are in the MLS, we're 25, excuse me, 25th in pass completion percentage at 72.6, mm. which is wow. terrible. We're tied for 13th, uh, with 26 shots against we're tied for 11th, uh, with two clean sheets. 
Um, we are tied for 14th, uh, which actually, by the way, the, the 11th, though, is like, it's really not that it's for the clean sheets. It's really not that far behind. Um, it just looks so massive, but everybody's kind of grouped up there in the, you know, in that, that, that portion. But anyways, yeah. we're 14th in save percentage. This one blew my mind. Our save percentage is only 69.2%, which is a dismal. Um, but we are tied though in sixth with 84 interceptions. What that means obviously is intercepting passes and breaking up plays and stuff. Cincinnati, they are tied for eighth with nine goals. They are number four in goals against with only four. They're number six in uh, goal differential with five. They are tied for 10th in pass completion percentage with 81.8. They are tied with eighth with only 23 shots against them. They are tied for first with clean sheets. They have five freaking clean sheets so far this game. Out of Damn. seven games, they wow. have five clean sheets. Um, that goes into the next two stats, which are their fifth in save percentage with 82.6%, and they're not very far off from number one. They are the number one team in interception defense. They have 97 interceptions. Oh, so this team is going to be very good. And like the litmus test we talked about prior with, you know, Seattle and stuff like that. I really think the Cincinnati team is I, I do believe it's a team we could beat, but it's going to be difficult. Um, it's going to be really they tough. Are, sure. They're a very good defensive team and they handle the ball very well. OJ, we'll start with you here. What's your you know, what, what are you most fearful of of the Cincinnati team? Um, and do you think that, you know, SPLSC can actually do some damage and, and walk away with the three points? Well, I certainly am worried because I think the Seattle game shows what happens when we play against a team that is actually sound defensively and everything. Like, if we can't exploit their defense, then we can wind up looking pretty ugly. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, I yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough. Um, is this a home game or an away game? Uh, it, an away it's game. a home game. It's, no, is it a home game? Yeah, yeah, it is. You're right. It, that helps it, us yeah. a lot. Like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so, they do. Yeah, you're right. Apparently, the MLS does it oh. backwards. Yeah, normally the right team is the home team for every other freaking sport, but in soccer, yeah. it's backwards. The first team on the on the list is the home team, so that's the yeah, left side right. team. Yeah. But, OJ, go on. Sorry. Well, I was just saying, apparently in MLS, uh, home field advantage is actually a really big factor. So, like, if you're away, like, you basically – are happy with a tie like no matter who you're playing as long if you get at least a tie you're like that was a pretty good result if you're away so it being home actually does help us a lot maybe we can eat a tie out of it but i think it's going to be really tough for us to beat them unless unless st louis has uh like you know maybe learned something from the last couple of matches and comes out with some different ideas to try uh yeah i, I don't see him winning this game it's definitely going to be very difficult for sure. I, I'm not, I'm not 100 on this one either that we're going to be able to walk away with it. But you know, Adam, what are your thought yeah. processes here? You know, what's got you scared about Cincinnati, and you know, do we have a chance to get those three points? Well, I mean, going off of what OJ was saying there, looking at their record, obviously at home they are unstoppable you know they've they've won four all at home they have not tied they have not lost they've, you know obviously they don't have any losses but they haven't tied there either whereas away they've only won once and tied twice so 
maybe there is something there. Um, maybe uh, their head coach who actually went to uh, Desmet will throw us a bone, like like uh, our buddy down in Austin. So uh, that gave us our own, our own goal. So yeah. To speak. yeah. yeah. <laughs> so maybe maybe Pat Noonan will, will throw us a bone. So that'll be hopeful, but I doubt it. Um, I don't feel very good about this game. I'll be honest with you, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, and that kind of leads me in here to the next question that I have specifically around STLSC. Are we heading for a decline? Obviously, we've lost two games in a row. Now, you know, one of those teams in Seattle is the number one team in the West, and they are a legit team. We're now facing a legit team out of the East. But are we all of a sudden going to start coming down to earth? Adam, I'll start with you. What's your thought process here around this? Do you think that... Okay, we're the you know the lovable losers or whatever the first you know like uh, you know the rook or whatever you know first time luck or whatever that's starting to pass and we're starting to see this team for what it truly is now. Yeah, I mean obviously we got off to a phenomenal start a start that you know mo- obviously none of us were expecting, uh, but a lot of people were predicting that eventually things would you know start coming around where especially as our schedule would get a little harder for sh- for set per se. Um, so I'm not surprised that, you know, we've had a couple losses now. I didn't expect that we were going to go on, you know, this, you know, eight, 10 game winning streak for sure. The fact that we did, uh, you know, get, uh, um, as far as we did, um, is, you know, speaks volume, especially for a brand new team, uh, you know, expansion team, Mm -hmm. but obviously our schedule is getting a little harder for sure. Um, Right now, we were talking about you know Seattle and Cincinnati, and I think we've and we're playing uh, Colorado after this, so it is a, definitely a harder schedule right now. But at the end of the day, um, you know, I still think that we have a real shot at you know making the playoffs for sure this year. We we won't you know wind up in first, I don't think, but I think that we'll uh, we'll still have we still will have a decent shot at it. Yeah, for sure. And I think that if you look at the next five games, um, you know, obviously we Seattle or Seattle, excuse me, Cincinnati is our next game. We're at Colorado uh, uh, the, next week <clears throat> that they're 11th in the West. Then we uh, we're at home uh, versus Portland the following week, 12th in the West. Then we go to Dallas. They're number four in the West. Mm-hmm. So that would be a good challenge for us. And then we are at Chicago. Uh, screw Chicago. But anyways, uh, they, uh, they're sixth and uh, they're sixth in the East, which the East does look a little weaker than the West for the for the seven games that we've seen so far. So mm-hmm. I do think that we have like a little bit of an easier schedule coming up. But yeah, it's going right to be interesting for tough. sure. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the last the last well, Cincinnati and Seattle are like, you know, they're like the cream of the league of the class. Like, the top of the class, I should say, in the league. Yeah. Like, absolute tippy top tier. Yeah, you're literally facing week after week, you know, the number one in each conference. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So like, they're very, very good teams and we played Seattle away too. So it's not really that, that surprising that we wouldn't look very good against mm-hmm. them. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so, you know, hopefully we look better against Cincinnati since we're at home, but I don't think like all of a sudden we're going to like miss the playoffs or anything like that. I think, that this team is still good. They should still win more than they lose. And with the hot start they had, that should be enough to get them in. I agree with you. I think that's sure. OJT at that point. That hot start, I think, is going to be the key in getting into it. As we had Danny on last week, he said, you know, typically when you get around the 40-point uh, plateau, 
that's typically when you're in and we're already at 15. And even though we've lost two games in a row, we are number two in the West. You know what I mean? So that's saying a lot. You know, we just got to be able to get some results and, you know, hopefully instead of getting I mean, the the two games we lost, we definitely lost. You know, it wasn't like a oh heartbreaker in the 89th minute kind of thing. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, we almost drew Minnesota. There was actually one of our guys got the ball in his foot with like a wide open net late in the game and just skied it over. Over the I know. Is awful. <laughs> yeah, but you see what I'm saying. We still got outworked that game. Um, and obviously they we they didn't play this type of style that we would have liked them to have played. So we yeah. can you know play out in the counter and stuff like that. But yeah, you know I mean, it is would, what it is, man. Um, yeah, I wouldn't say they outworked us because they don't really work. That's not the style of play they they play. You know the Minnesota. I mean, they just kind of sit back yeah. and chill and wait for you to provide them opportunities. So. Yeah, which we but, did, uh, unfortunately. But yeah, you know, yeah, it is what it is. Again, I do think that there's going to be better games coming down the stretch. Um, so you know, I do believe that we will eventually, excuse me, be able to, you know, definitely get in the playoffs. And I, I do believe this team might be, you know, be able to finish in the top four, let alone the top six going into the to the postseason. Sure. So you know, yeah. we'll have to, you know, take a look at that and keep going on uh but you know it's still exciting times even though we've come down to earth a little bit you know yeah. um if we can keep up with these teams you know like seattle you know if we lose by to seattle by one obviously we didn't but if we lose to you know cincinnati by one or whatever you still sit there and go okay you know what hold your head high they're they're good teams you know what i mean and we're right, we're, exactly. we're new and we're still holding our own so. yeah absolutely so speaking of holding our own Let's talk some blues here. Oh, boy. Um, oh boy. Last game of the season being played right now. It's sure. almost wrapped up. I know. Yeah. Thank God. Um, so I don't even really want to talk about the blues overall. I just want to talk about the draft here. So right now we're predicted to have the number 11th pick, 26th and 27th pick. Um, so, you know, this is what the the mock drafts are getting into in Avertag. And I did look at seven mock drafts. And this was the general consensus, right? So we're that, are we're we pretty likely in, to finish outside the top ten? Then is that what you're saying? Yes. Uh, yeah, well, not necessarily. Well, we'll have to see. Obviously, you know, we're we're still trailing in this game here. Um, we'll have to see though too how you know some of these other teams are going to finish out. I mean, it's not right. a guarantee that we are okay. going to be finishing 11th for sure. Obviously, with no, no, a no, loss tonight, sure, sure. yeah, with a loss tonight, um, for us that will definitely best our odds. And obviously, we have to see. You know how Washington, Detroit, you know Vancouver, how they all, you know they might For be sure. behind us as well. This is just so. this is just the predictor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Gotcha. And so the consensus is that if we keep all of our picks, because obviously they're not you know going to be playing that game of if we're trading picks and stuff. But if we keep the picks, number eleven will be uh Cole uh Cole uh, God I want to say Colby but Colby Bur- uh, Burlow who plays a uh, wing so he's left or right wing. Uh, that's with the 11th pick. The 26th pick would be Otto Stenberg, who plays center, right winger. And then the 27th pick would be Quentin uh, Musty, who plays left wing. Now, my thoughts on that here, if that happens, where we keep all three of our draft picks, I'm going to start with you, Adam. Do you really believe we're going to we're going to draft three freaking forwards in the first round? No, no, I think we're going to yeah. use draft capital here for sure. And uh, we're going to be making some moves with that, no doubt about it. We're going to be 
straighten up, in my opinion. Because obviously I, we I, have. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, I definitely agree. I definitely think that there's an opportunity for us to be able to move up higher, um, you know, in the draft and or to be able to use those draft picks to be able to get, um, you know, talented veterans and stuff, too. Yeah. And obviously we have some needs for that where, you know, and with this, I am excited, obviously, with this draft, you know, um, being, you know, rather deep. I am excited that we should be able to to land, you know, a couple of really good um players for sure but i think that we definitely should um trade up and just some some wingers out of the this draft so we have some deeper needs in that well who's the uh who's the top defenseman in the draft is there one that should go that uh, high yeah and i should have wrote that down unfortunately i was pressed for time but we can actually take a look at that real quick uh give me two seconds um, yeah. uh, let me, while I'm looking let this up, OJ, let me just ask you, I mean, do you think that's our number one need is, is, um, is defenseman going into the draft? Well, uh, yeah, our number one team need is defenseman, but you know, even if we draft one, uh, even in the first round, you know, you're probably not going to see that defenseman for quite a while. So if they're really trying to make it a quicker rebuild, then they're going to need to trade the picks or the prospects. Right. So. Mm-hmm. I think it might make yeah. more sense to just draft by best value. Yeah, I'm looking and yeah. it looks like uh, uh, Reinbacher, uh, David Reinbacher. Right. Is, right. I think. Yeah, right-handed yeah. defenseman. Out yep. of Sweden, where they, where where they have him going? Uh, 12th overall to, uh, or to the Coyotes. So that would make sense because that's literally the pick right after us uh, yeah. for uh, Colby Barlow. So we could theoretically take that guy at 11 or something, right? I don't know. That, right. If it, I assume that that's going to be a thing where it's a team preference because they're probably evaluated very similarly since they're only mm. like, well, just going off those mocks where they're, if people are taking one 11th and one 12th, it's not much mm-hmm. of a difference. Yeah. The interesting thing that goes into this too, is when I was looking at what experts were saying about this draft being deep, and I, I wanted to make sure that I was understanding, uh, understanding this going into it. It is a deep draft, but it's deep offensively so mm-hmm. maybe really we do yeah we do keep you know maybe in those three so if we do keep all three we do you know draft three forward i and maybe look for a defenseman in the second draft because we do have some decently high dra- uh, draft picks in the second round too i don't know yeah. but that's where everyone's saying that this draft is deep it is not deep for goaltending in fact goaltending is incredibly slim in this uh in this draft apparently and defense okay. is below average. It's just very, very heavy on the talent that's on the offensive side of things. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, I don't know, but that's kind of where it sits out for the prediction. I think that next week we'll have a better idea of where we will sit at, because obviously everything will be finalized at that point in time. And then we can, you know, make this a longer segment. Go, excuse me, going into what the Blues should do in the draft. You know what I mean? For sure. Yep. Yeah, because obviously there's just there's just so much right now that we don't know, unfortunately. So. Yeah, and uh, obviously we have to go through the lottery too as well. So for sure, yep. And hopefully that we get in that top ten because then we have an outside hey, chance of being able to move I, every up time, right dude. I've gone on Tankathon, literally one click. The Blues have always gotten the first spot. I like I sent over to you. I guys mean, earlier, if we so. end up somehow, I, I'm if just we telling somehow you, end up with Connor Bedard, <laughs> dude. It's gonna be lights <laughs> out. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. It's been so long since the Blues have had like that kind of like just super superstar. Like, 
you know, bona fide Hall of Famer type of superstar, you know? They haven't yeah. had that since, like, Brett Hull. Yeah. They, they really haven't. And even then, too, Brett, you know, was uh, at before Adam Oates got onto the team, showed a lot of inconsistency. A lot of that had to do with, well, you know, off ice things like being drunk and all that stuff. But regardless, I'm not going to talk about that uh, too much. But, you know, obviously he was phenomenal. And, you know, the, the closest thing that you can say that we have had to a Hall of Fame caliber player that was drafted by the Blues was either one or one or two, either Alex Petrangelo or Vladimir Tarasenko. And I would lean more towards Alex Petrangelo on that side of things. Like if you're going to if, if you if you guys had to vote one of those guys in for the Hall of Fame, which one would it be? I mean, I'm I'm, I'm going to put in Alex Petrangelo. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent on Petro. I mean, I I'm love that Vladdy all day, but I don't know. Yeah, like, I think you guys are Ted Zine. Well, I guess maybe if you're looking, if you're into counting stats, but you guys are kind yeah. of ten, Ted Simmons and Tarasenko here a little bit. Like before his shoulder injury, remember he during the entire course of his career he was second in goals out of the entire league to only Alex Ovechkin. So that's like a pretty important you know, role to have, right? Because you know, goals are you're 100%. more important than assists by far. So like having that kind of goal is huge. You know? Exactly. Uh, that's it. Yeah, that's 100% correct. But the problem with it is he did injure his shoulder and he injured yes. it twice. He missed a lot of time. And Alex does a lot of things that does not show up on the stat sheet. And that sure. to me is what we lost. You know, when 100%. he walked away you know, we got Tory Crew, great. You know, Tory Crew can help us out on the power play and stuff like that, but he is not Alex Petrangelo, and that shit is really showing now. Yep. 100%. Yeah. You got to look well, overall. Even even last year, Tarasenko scored 30 something goals. I mean, he even did, after yeah. his shoulder yeah. was hurt. Like, dude's one of just a super elite goal scorer. I, I think there's a case to be made for him, too. Listen, no, no, no. I'm, I'm uh, OJ, you're 100% right. I do think that truly, truly. When everything's said and done, I think that there's an argument that can be made for both of those players getting into the Hall of Fame. I'm just saying that if they both end up on the same ballot, which one am I going to put first down the sheet? Mm-hmm. And to me, that yeah. would be Petro. You know yeah. what I mean? I that think is, I'd yeah. take Tarasenko. So, yeah, you know, again, teach your own because, you know, as, as a, a guy that plays wing, you know, to me, that is where I would lean towards. But it's just that Petro does so much stuff that's un, that's intangible. You know what I mean? When it comes yeah. to statues and stuff like that, it's just, it's really hard for me to pass that up. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. I get you. But I mean, I don't know. Tarasenko did a lot of stuff well too. He also was an elite passer. Oh yeah. Well, is still, I guess, an elite passer and he could skate and I don't know, just that, that goal scoring ability is just as hard to find as it is to find like a good defenseman. You know what I mean? At least. Uh, sure. No, I'm definitely with you. Yeah. So yeah, but anyway, I guess that's it. <laughs> yeah, again, it's 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 it comes down to you know preference and stuff like that as well. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. So let's move on to uh, our last segment of the night here, and we're gonna do something a little different. So the NBA playoffs have started, right? Um, and out of the three of us, I'm probably the only guy that watches basketball. Um, but uh, I, I don't watch it like on a religious basis here. So I thought of a really fun thing that we can do, though, for us to be involved with the NBA playoffs without really knowing too much uh, goes into it. It's it's going to be a game that we can play for bragging rights. Essentially, it's going to be a straw hat pick. So the play-in tournament is, is going on 
uh, still, uh, I think it actually goes tomorrow for the for the AC team. So currently, the way it sits is there's 18 total teams that are alive in the playoffs. <clears throat> that means that that could be a total of six teams for each of us. What we're going to do is we're going to do a straw hat pull. I'm going to draw the order. And, oh, so uh, Walker went 0 for 4. Just getting a, a line, a note here, Adam. You say you went 0 for 4 and the streak's yep. over? Yep, streak is over. Just FYI. Ah, so sad news to report. Wow. Looks like the Cardinals are going to lose as well. So the streak is I about mean, right. If they win, though, it probably would get back around to Jordan Walker. So, <laughs> well, it's five nothing Pirates, and I think that there's only like one out left. So there you go. So you're saying there's a chance? There's a chance. <clears throat> yeah. Anyways, uh, so anyway, what I'm gonna I just do thought is I'm report. gonna go ahead. Yeah, I'm gonna pull our uh, names out of the hat, and essentially what that's gonna do is just put us the order of the teams we draw. And it's just for fun, essentially, like whoever is standing at the end of the uh, at the end and who wins the championship, whichever team is associated with that, uh, that guy will end up, you know, winning for bragging rights and stuff like that. Now, the kicker of this is I might pull out some teams here out of this hat where you're facing each other in the first round. You know what I mean, or you could just be stacked with like really crappy teams that barely made it in. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. that's just, uh, you know, again, that's all the whole point of the straw hat. So it's just completely like random and fair, so to speak. So okay, sounds good to me. You guys, re- to yeah, about say you guys ready to go? Let's do this. Let's All right, I want to pick our names. I got two different hats here, and I'm going to pick our names out first, and that's going to be our order. So with the first pick, it is going to be Adam. Adam, you got the first pick here. Okay. All right. I'm just writing everything down Not for us as well. This Slytherin. <laughs> You're right. Second pick <laughs> is myself, <laughs> and that means OJ is our third. Uh, picker. So I'll go ahead and take a name out of the hat here for you, Adam. Okay. And your first pick is, wow, this is actually a really good team, the Phoenix Suns. So hey. uh, for, yeah, the the Suns are actually a really good team yeah, uh, for, for the listeners yeah, and for you, Adam. We're on the conference. So, yeah. Yeah. And the Western Conference, but they also have a, they have, uh, they have, uh, oh my God, uh, they have, oh my God, Chris Paul. They have mm-hmm. uh, Devin Booker and now they have Kevin Durant. So like that team is looking to like really set off for sure. Yep. Right. I was gonna say they're going to play Let's... the Clippers, I think. Or no, they uh, just they... did. I th- they just did. No, no, no. Right. Oh, they no, no, they're no, getting no. ready to. Yeah, yeah, they're getting ready to. They, I think that it was is. the final game of the season was against the Clippers. So they're yeah, that's right. Back yep. Yeah, that is right. a seven game series. Um, and I just yep. picked and I got the Atlanta Hawks, which the Atlanta Hawks. Um, are well, they're in, but they're a seven seed and they barely made it. They were 41 and 41 this season. Um, you know, they have Trey Young, which is a fantastic player, but uh, not necessarily a, a team that's well, going to go out and you know, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, and for OJ, you're in the same boat as me, you just got the Oklahoma City Thunder. So the, the Thunder yeah. came in as the ninth team, uh, you, they came in the ninth team. Um, they are currently still in the play uh, in tournament. Um, so they have one game on Friday. If they lose that game, then they are out of the tournament. So it could be the first casualty there. Uh, right. It, this is how this weird play, uh, play in tournament goes. All right. Going back here for Adam. You got the heat Miami heat. 
So Miami is also kind of in the same uh, position here. They are in the play in tournaments as well. Yeah. 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 They're actually playing tomorrow against Chicago. So we'll see. And this one is for me. Oh, I got the New York Knicks. Great. Um, (laughs) Stephen A. Smith would be very happy. Uh, Knicks were uh, fifth in the Eastern Conference and kind of, you know, played more Knicks basketball this season compared to late to what they have in the past couple of seasons. But they're facing uh, the Cavaliers and the Cavaliers are a really good team. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Oh, man. OJ gets the Celtics. That is uh, one of the favorites to win it all, man. There you go. And and you have Jason Tatum going up against Oxford. Absolutely. St. Louis's own Jason Tatum. So one of the few people. Right. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Went to Chaminade. Yeah. All right. Adam, you got the Cavaliers. So you're going to be taking on my New York Knicks. (laughs) My New York Knicks. Yeah. Uh I was going to say coming up. uh, The Cavs are. Yep. Correct. The Cavs are a really good team, though. So they are overall. All right. They're uh, they're fourth overall in the Eastern Conference. So we'll see. My pick is the Warriors. I got that. How fucking hilarious is that? Uh, I got the, the only team that I really watch consistently in the Warriors. That's funny yep, as Golden hell. State but Warriors. yeah, yeah, that's you funny. Say, uh, they're facing against... the Sacramento Kings. Yeah. And what the hell, man? OJ is getting the, some really good player, uh, really good teams here. So you got Boston, the number two team out in the East. Wow, the you Celtics. This... Yeah, so shit. that's where he. Well, no, he's going to be the one to him. beat. Oh yeah. And he just, but he just drew the 76ers too, which is the oh, third team out. Oh, he drew the 76ers. The okay. Oh wow. Yeah. So he's cool. got the Thunder's. So far, you got Thunder, Celtics, and the 76ers. So oh, we're halfway good. through this. And Adam, you have the Suns, the Heat, the Cavs, which is not bad. Um, I have the Hawks. Yeah, OJ definitely is the front runner with Thunder, Mm -hmm. Celtics, and the 76ers. Good lord! Uh, And I have the Hawks, Knicks, and Warriors. So we'll we'll see. Uh, Thank thank God, Adam's fourth team is the Lakers. (laughs) Not Slytherin. Sorry. Okay, the one team that I've been rooting against, of course. I know, right? That's why I was like, I'm hoping I don't get him too. I, honestly, <sighs> truthfully, because I know OJ doesn't really care, so to speak. I was really hoping that OJ would have ended up with the Lakers. You know what I mean? But yeah, I wouldn't really care. So yeah. Well. <laughs> ah, all right. The, so I just got finally a top contender. I got the freaking Bucks, the number one team wow. on the East. Yes, sir. I like that. Although, quite honestly, I like. I, in my uh, own personal predictions that I've made outside this podcast, I have Boston and the 76ers beating Milwaukee. Uh, so we'll see what ends up happening there. Uh, let's go with OJ with his fourth pick. He gets the Kings. So I'm facing you in the first round. Get mm-hmm. the Kings. So from Still like another great team, too. It really great is. Team. Yeah, they are a very high-scoring yeah, team. Yeah, they are. Oh, are they now? All right. Yeah. Well, except for um, whenever so they were playing the Warriors uh, a couple weeks ago. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, sure the is. thing, the only thing about the Kings the is their defense is not necessarily that good because they're a young team. So a lot of that goes into it for sure. Oh, yes. Um, and Adam, you got the Nets. So the Nets okay. used to be a powerhouse, but you know, hey, they're number six right now. They still got some good players. We'll see what, how the they as well. They're playing you, OJ, playing yeah. the 76ers. So. Oh man, 
I'm happy that I got this team, but I'm also really not. I just got the Bulls. So I really? have two teams that from <laughs> uh, from the yeah, which I, I like Chicago. I like them a lot. For I want sure. them to be able to win, but it's also another playing tournament. Wow. Okay, I'm gonna Jim that that little sound bit there. He just said I like Chicago. Oh, I'm gonna yeah, use that against him. Uh, I like the Bulls. <laughs> I say I like Chicago. I mean I like the Bulls. Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna be like one of those politicians that like just takes the sound bite. There you go. Yeah, just anybody sure. went trade. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Uh, OJ got the Grizzlies, so the number two team out in the Western Conference sure. goes to OJ. Yeah, the Grizzlies are a very, very good team, and that's a major rivalry. Of I was talking about you're gonna be facing me again whenever they face uh, the Lakers. So, yeah. All right, and last team for Adam is the Clippers. So another yeah, LA Clippers. team. You got both LA teams. Wow. Yeah, How about you got the Lakers that? and the Clippers. That's funny. Oh boy. And I'll be facing myself too, so go figure. Yeah, and exactly. be playing to the Suns. Uh, yeah. My last pick is the Nuggets, the number one team out of the Western Conference. Although to be honest with you, I don't know how strong they are anymore. But you know, we'll have to see how about that. Mm-hmm. And last but not least is the Timberwolves for OJ. Awesome. All right. Interestingly enough, these are actually pretty balanced out. Um, when you take a look at like the yeah, teams. they are. Most yeah, because like I got some high pulls, but so did uh, OJ and Adam. You may not get like necessarily high pulls, but you got a but lot of very good teams. Bits. Yeah, yeah, overall, yeah. So we'll see. The only team, the only team that you have that went uh, that was in the play uh, play in were uh, were the Heat and the Lakers, and Lakers are already through. So at least you will have yeah. a seven game series. Yeah, and, and the my yeah. right Miami Heat is, is still in it, but um, you know they're they're playing. Yeah, for that, that was actually. Yeah, that play and with uh, actually was pretty exciting game. Obviously, you know, obviously I'm not a Lakers fan by any means, but the fact it went to OT, uh, that that oh, was for a sure, dude. exciting game for LA <laughs> for sure. So unfortunately, I had to start rooting for the Lakers, I guess. So it is what it is. Let's take a look here um, at some of the um, so far what we have. So uh, just going down the list here. So 76ers versus the Nets. So that will be uh, that's OJ versus Adam. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. So that's yeah, we have a few matches to get together. Yeah, because um, I must say the next one is Cleveland uh, in New York. So that's uh, me versus you, Adam. I'm just trying to write this stuff down so we have that. Sure. All right. Uh, and let's see. Let's just get to Western Conference, because these are the ones that are like set in stone um, that I don't you know, have to do anything with the play in tournament. So I have. Uh, well, hold on. We actually need to go to three. So uh, OJ's got the Kings. And I have the uh, the dubs, the Warriors. Which is interesting. So now everybody in the just the three games that we have, we're facing each other at least one time. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just literally in the three games. That's pretty cool. Uh, and then you have the Suns and Clippers. So those are two of your teams, uh, Adam. You're going up against each yep. other. You're going each other. So it is what it is. So, so I'm about to win and also lose. Right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like you're already in the second round, but you know it sucks because you're losing a team. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it is it's just it one is. of those things. Yeah. Correct. All right. So let's take a look here at what we have uh, going forward, because obviously the first seed and the second seed, none of that has really been drawn out uh, just yet. Um, We'll definitely take a look. So the A seed, Chicago versus Miami. 
So uh, I have the Bulls and who got the Heat? Oh, Adam. So that's you and me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that yep. yeah, first game that starts on Friday. And then the Thunder versus uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's OJ versus OJ. OJ. Yep. So, hey, you're going to get one team eliminated, but one team that's going first. Awesome. Uh, oh, you know what we can do, actually, is take a look at the number two seeds because those have been decided. Okay, so uh, Boston which is uh, the Celtics. OJ, you have the uh, the Celtics. Uh, you're going to be facing off against uh, the my Atlanta team, who is through. So the Hawks, let me write this down. This is me. All right, and then Memphis Grizzlies are taking on the Lakers. So that is OJ yep, versus me. Adam. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. I tell you though, this is actually quite balanced out. I'm I'm very happy with the way this turns out or turned out. It's not like sometimes what we've done in like fantasy football and stuff like that. Yeah, I think that's going to be uh, to get it rolling against the, the shaft on it big time. So over, yeah, like or except for like picker. You know, it's like oh hey, you got the number one picker, picker. But you know whatever. Woo. So right. All right, we'll have to see how uh, the other games go. Um, obviously and stuff like that as well, but. So sure. we'll uh, keep tabs on this and we'll talk about that next week um, for the next we'll session and we'll, uh, we'll dive into that, but we'll have, to, we'll have to see how this goes. I think it's going to be fun for us to continue to do. So what but, are we uh, playing for? Just bragging great. rights or what do we get? Bragging rights. I, I would say, I mean, bragging rights and yeah. you know, again, the, the listeners can follow along here and, you know, either, you know, give us crap um, or, you know, cheer us along, you know, whatever, if you want to be team Josh, that's fine. You can be one of two people on team Josh, or I'm sorry, uh, three people. Cause I have two dogs. Um, uh, although one of them is probably mad at me. So I'll, I'll just say two people. That's fine. You know, me and my mom on team Josh, man, sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh anyway. people over here. right. Exactly. All right, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and head here towards, uh, the, uh, the sign off portion of our session here. Uh, Adam, what is our media question of the week? Question of the week. We're going to be asking our listeners now that the season has effectively wrapped up for the Blues. Um, what do you think should be the plans for the upcoming draft? Um, should the Blues be looking to trade up, or would you rather us keep our picks? And what are your pros and cons for each of the strategies? We'd like to, you know, hear from you guys. Um, check us out on facebook.com slash losers that's l-o-u-s-e-r-s or check us out on twitter at twitter.com slash hometown losers and that's a very good question because that's literally directly what we talked about here not terribly too long ago about what are the needs for the blues so definitely want to hear from the listeners on that um because that can definitely help us talk about our session next time around too and what potentially could be uh what our uh you know off season looks like for sure sure oj what do you got for us for the game of the week well how can it be anything other than the battle hawks seattle sea dragons game where there's a lot of playoff implications on the line so that's the game of the week 2 p.m sunday i'll be there sunday 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 (laughs) i will be there we will bring home a win We'll yeah, give you the whole seat, but you only need the edge. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. It's so funny. Those, those commercials, really, for like for Monster Truck, they still had not changed. Like, I think they that, haven't, you know. <laughs> like one of those they, things. You could play it back from the 90s, and it's like, it's the same old shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> when you, I remember what the, my first mo, uh, Monster Jam that I remember I was super excited because I just started getting into cars because I was like, you know, five, six, you know, somewhere around there. And I kept hearing the same commercial, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> about it. Oh. Yeah, dude. It was, it was awesome. Kids get for free. I'm like, all right. But yeah. Well, and ironically enough, most right. those mantra jams, you know, we're always at the dome, so maybe we'll yeah. see some uh, our defense uh, run over Seattle. So that'll be great. I'll tell you a really funny story before I sign off. So, uh, you know, they do a lot at the dome. So they had monster jam one week, and the next week was uh, was uh, Comic Con. I was up there. It was Wizard World Comic Con, and we went to uh, like a loading area because I was helping out uh, uh, with a vendor at that point. And I'm not joking, like in this area, there was just a giant pile of dirt. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with it. It was just literally <laughs> like in one of like the like areas where security's at and stuff like that, just a giant pile of dirt. And you're like, what the hell is this here? And like, can can somebody just move it out of the way? They're like, yeah, we don't know what to do with it. <laughs> oh my God, it's so bad. <laughs> like, oh yeah, Monster Jam came, came through and they just, they just leave that. They just like, left all this dirt. <laughs> Oh man, that's funny. It's like sweeping up in a pile and just leaving the pile there. (laughs) (laughs) Not our problem. We're out. Exactly. Well, speaking of being out here, guys, uh, as always, it was awesome talking to you guys here. And again, uh, happy 20th session to you, OJ, and to you, Adam, as well, and to the next 20 sessions here on the Hometown Losers. So we will catch you next week here on the Hometown Losers podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Hey guys, this is Adam. just want to say thanks for listening to the Hometown Losers Podcast. We'll see you next week as we continue our discussion of St. Louis sports.